The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Namaste. Welcome to the Conscious Combo Podcast. I am your host and teacher, Pippa Leslie. I'm here to share everything I learn, see, and channel. This podcast is for the conscious and curious beings who are ready to dive deeper into spirituality. I am so grateful you are here. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today I'm joined with Jess Mann and she's over in Australia where I absolutely love. I'm going to let her introduce herself because she has had an amazing story to share. I resonate with Jess a lot. I've followed her for quite a while. I used to go to the breathwork sessions that her partner Rai would host. I did a couple in Australia and I did a couple in New Zealand as well. So following Jess on the back of Rye was just something that I wanted. And I love the love story. So I'm going to let you talk about that as well. And I wanted to bring you on because again, that resonating energy with people is that's why I want to bring them on the podcast because you've got an amazing story to share and people need to hear it because people can find you, you know, and and reach out to you and say, I've been through this or I need help with this. Mm -hmm. So it's so good to have you on today, Jess. Thank you so much for having me. It's Yeah, really exciting to be here. Really exciting to speak actually just with my journey because I feel like I say it a lot in my head to myself and we work through it a lot in our minds, but yeah, speaking it out loud is, I haven't done it in a while. So yeah, thank you for having me. Um, Yeah, my name's, yeah, thanks. My name is, um, yeah, Jess and I'm a spinal energetics practitioner, um, but my passion lies in in women and bringing awareness to women about like truly like how powerful we are and how important it is to listen to our bodies. I feel um, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis when I was 19 and that just cascaded everything in my life. And um, the undercurrent was that I was not listening to my body the entire time. I did everything I could to heal my ulcerative colitis uh everything I could that didn't involve addressing anything emotional and after six seven years of being really on my deathbed and actually having my large intestine 
removed uh, completely, I realized how much it was all emotional down to the core. It was not expressing how I was feeling. It wasn't honoring my emotions, honoring my intuition. And yeah, it's, I thought after ulcerative colitis and after having my large intestine removed that everything would go back to normal and I'd get on with my life and I'd be able to do what everyone else was doing and participate in society because I hadn't done that in such a long time. I'd been bathroom bound and hospital bound and um, very quickly found myself in a toxic relationship because I hadn't actually got to the bottom of why I had ulcerative colitis in the first place. And so my body was latching onto any pain it could because it validated my existence in this world and so yeah got myself into a really terrible um toxic and abusive relationship and that was another three years until I actually realized that I had to stop playing the victim in my life and take responsibility and dig deep into myself and why I was calling all these all these situations and challenges into my life and yeah that's when that's when life changed in a beautiful way so yeah I love it and I think I resonate with you as well because obviously I didn't go anything as dramatic as you Jess but I feel you like you just said then something that really just hit home for me you spent most of your time in a bathroom I without going to loads of detail I, I suffered with my bowels since I was like two three years old so I mm-hmm. So to the, the simplicity of it was I must have had a, a large number two when I was about two or three that really hurt. And I decided to mm-hmm. go, I'm not going to do that again. So I started to hold in and hold and hold and hold. So from mm-hmm. the ages of three up until about 10 were really, really hard, you know, having to, I had to have my first uh, colonic, hydrotherapy colonic, uh, with oh. what they do where they flush you out at like six mm-hmm. or seven. And I remember like I was always on the toilet. I was always in pain. I was always bloated. Mm. And I just must have mm. held on to so much like energy there. Like when I've tried to have massages mm. to really release that area, like they can't touch me. They could, well, they couldn't touch me because I was I had so much, you know, tension in that area. So when you said you were always wow. in the bathroom and a lot of my trauma came from that too. A lot of my behaviors came from that too, which is interesting, isn't it? Like, I used to go to the children's hospital in the UK, which was called, I've just lost what it's called, the name of it now. I've just had it in my head. <laughs> it happens, it's like, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, it was drilled into me like it was because like, I've not lived in the UK for so long. Older hay, that's it, older hay in mm, Liverpool. Mm. And I remember that was like a kid's hospital and I used to sit there and the nurse would say to me, you can't play with those toys until you've been to the toilet. And I used to sit on the toilet for like an hour, two hours and the reward was toys. So I've always got into that like reward kind of behavior as I got older. Mm. Yeah. So you saying Mm. that has definitely been, I definitely got better with age and I was on a lot of medicine, things like that. Just retraining my brain to know that it's okay (sighs) for the toilet, you know, and thank God now changes in my diet. Like I cut gluten out and I've, you know, reduced my sugar. Like I still like a bit of wine every now and then, but it's the difference in, go in the toilet every day is like a miracle for me you know because like I, I think when I was seven, six or seven years old I didn't go to the toilet for a month and that's why they had to intervene and do the colonic hydrotherapy because it was just making me ill you know I was constantly sick mm. and constantly- yeah all those toxins sitting in your body and not even just like toxins from physically in the physical sense but also energetically and emotionally like and not going to the bathroom I feel constipation is such a um 
reflection of not being able to like let go of things in life and holding on to emotions um for me I was actually the reverse of mine was diarrhea and I feel it really stemmed from uh throughout school I was such a control freak and such a perfectionist and so I was gifted ulcerative colitis to show me how much I'm not actually in control of life (laughs) and how much I need to surrender to life so (laughs) but isn't it beautiful that you can take something that was so traumatic at the time being 19 years old to turning it into something that's powerful and is part of your journey. Like I've just gone through a miscarriage and I'm turning that pain into power because it's like, I chose to go through something like this to help others to increase my journey and to evolve and see it in the positive light instead of the victim ego, you know, negative light, because it can like put you in that dark hole, can't it? Of victim mode Mm. and poor me and why me? And you've used that pain and turned it into so much power. Yeah, absolutely. I feel that there's such a there's such an importance in grieving that for ourselves. And then once we've been able to process that emotion, like really seeing that, okay, no, I was gifted this. And what can I do to use it and to inspire and to help others? Because I feel there are far too many um situations we go through in life where we don't we go through this awful thing and then we don't talk about it. We really hide it. And for me, like ulcerative colitis, I was for six, seven years, I kept dead silent about what I was going through. Even when friends were wanting to see me, I didn't want to tell them like, I can't come because I'm actually like running to the loo up to 50 times a day. And like, I was too, I was too scared. I didn't want to be judged for that. I didn't want to um, talk about what I was actually going through. And so for anyone, all my friends during the time of me suffering, I kept very quiet about what I was enduring only my very close friends knew how sick I was but for people that I came across during the day I never ever expressed to them how I was really you know you know when you ask someone the supermarket oh how are you today it's just naturally like oh yeah good how are you (laughs) and there's there's this really pressing need for vulnerable conversations because we're all human and we're all going through it and even you talking about miss um, uh, having a miscarriage recently. I also have, um, I know a girlfriend who's just been through that as well. And she feels so alone and it's mm. like to, yeah, connect in times. Oh, please, please connect her with me. Like I'm just, I've mm. set up a group on Facebook to help women through, you know, the spiritual side of it too. And I've, so, that, cause I felt alone, you know, being in New mm. Zealand, I've only been here a year. I didn't have my family here. And I think that's the that's the the main emotion women have felt is being alone. So please, if if she feels like she wants to connect, like send her my way because I just oh absolutely the love I've got to give, you know, and like the compassion mm. and the the mothering. That's we just you want to be mothered, don't you? When you go through yeah. something like that, what it is, yeah, 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 and being nurtured and being seen and just being heard and understood, having that resonance, um, really takes away that feeling of being alone. Hey, yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm really, like, intrigued about the spinal energetics because I know I saw you, like, posting it on your Instagram like I am your biggest fan like I follow you all the time like I watch all the <laughs> posts and it's like whenever I see stories on Instagram I'm like click on Jess first and um, <laughs> like girl crushing here hi <laughs> yeah I love it I love it uh, and it's so the spinal energetics I remember you you must have tagged the the spinal energetics page and I followed them and I was like mm. kind of really intrigued because anything that's like a you know anything I've not heard of that helps people on whatever level, like mental, physical, spiritual, I'm just so intrigued. So, mm. you know, I'd not heard about it before when I'm watching them do it on these beds and like the whole spine is just moving. I'm like, and they're crying through things. And I'm like, oh, I, I love this. This is like amazing. Can you talk yeah. about it a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So spinal energetics was, um, it's actually a really new modality. It was brought out by a um, chiropractor slash counselor slash Reiki master and um, her name's Sarah and so I went down for the training just because I had I saw a video as well like you I saw it on Instagram and I was like I need to learn this it was just such a pull for me to learn about it and I've kind of dabbled in energy and Rai's been through a really profound experience um, with energy and so I had this yeah just this curiosity to learn more um, because energy is everything and yeah. yeah it was just such such a pull and so I went down into the training and basically what spinal energetics does is it works with the chakras in the body and um, it what we're able to do is detect where there's tension in the body in those chakras and activate and release that. And what you're wanting is this ability for the spine to have a beautiful flow. But because of these emotional blockages within our nervous system, we don't have that flow within our spine. So all spinal energetics does is give you permission to unwind that tension in your body. And it's so, um, if if you look at it, it can look a little bit like you're out of control in your body and something's happening to you, but it's actually a process of you trusting your body and coming back to the innate wisdom within, within you. So yeah, it's been beautiful. It's been really profound to learn about and have it done to me and um, practice it on other bodies because, wow, it's just, you realize how much we store in our bodies you realize how much we're blocking um just blocking our flow in life and yeah it's really encourage you to look into it if you're feeling a pull as well yeah like so I I did my Reiki training in 2016 and I've, oh. I've done healing for a long time so I'm really into energy and I've definitely got a gift in that area and when people come here for Reiki and I can't I can't just stick to what I've been trained in Reiki just to kind of like get them to like nothing against my Reiki master I absolutely adore her mm. and she's trained as like to the best professional uh, I did all my whole levels with her I'm a Reiki master now and 
when people come for Reiki healing sessions, like I like to just just say it's a healing session because mm. when I don't want to limit it to Reiki where they just lie down, I'm just like going over the chakras because again, I can feel where where they're like tense, where they're heavy, where they're feeling things, mm. where they're like holding on to you know these low emotions like resentment, anger, bitterness, you know things like that, and even like if they broke a leg or they broke something, I can feel where that is because it's really cold. So sometimes when they come in for healing sessions, I'm like, I don't just want them to lie there for an hour. I want to like talk to them and get them to move Mm. and go outside and get them to do some grounding or get a piece of music or depend Mm. on what the intuition says. And I think that's why Mm. the smile energetics was when I watched it and I didn't read anything about it. I just watched the videos on the page on Instagram and all I could feel was just like, that's what they're doing. That and when you said she was a Reiki master, I didn't know that. So she's obviously took her Reiki training, which, you know, mm. I've done. And she's put it into like, there needs to be flow instead of just like putting your, your healing over the chakras. I always saw them as like a clog and they just need a bit of a, a bit of oil. Mm. She's yeah. moving yeah. flow of alignment, isn't she? Which is just, mm. oh, it gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, beautiful how she's created how how she's created what it is and uh yeah it's I I used to always be that skeptical person a few years ago when people would talk about Reiki and I'm like oh I feel like it's your mind doing it more than anything else or like I just used to be really skeptical about it and yeah then I when I witnessed Rai go through his profound energy experience and then I was like okay this is wild (laughs) and I needed to and it's just like if there's when every like everything is energy you know we're all energetical beings as well it's such a like we need to learn about this why don't we learn about this in school it's so important and yeah so yeah that's fascinating about the um I love what you said about the cold parts where um you can feel broken that it's that's amazing well yeah like I remember like some clients you know sometimes I don't want to like say if you broke something so I don't want to like kind of Mm overstep my like you know personal boundaries but it was like the coldness could have been like that's where like they've I don't know like that's where they're storing something like you know it could like mm. a lot of that heart space and things like that but it's mm. I remember a couple of clients did like broken bones in certain areas and I just would say you know I just wanted to let you know like have you I felt really cold on this area and then then he or she would say yeah I, I broke this or I did, you know so it was like mm. just start to re- I, I remember when I did my Reiki it was like oh god I've got all this like I was really nervous in my first few clients because I was like, oh, I'm passing this on now. And what if I do something wrong? You know, the whole, when I'm teaching mm. Reiki now, it's always the same kind of fears that pop in. Mm. But the more I did it and the more I trusted and the more I just opened up my own chakras and my own, you know, my own energy field, mm. it was the sessions would flow so much better. And that's, I've been feeling like something like that. Like Reiki is beautiful and it opens up doors like this woman, Sarah's, created spinal energetics it's like there's so much around now with the nervous system like you know with like what rye's doing with the cold mm. water and the breath like the breath is like yeah. people oh. don't understand how, how much the breath is everything yeah. even yeah. like go back to birthing like you know I was obviously pregnant mm. last month and I'm thinking about my birth plan I'm thinking about like what you know I wanted to do hypnobirthing and 
I'm talking to like doulas about breath. And she said, but the thing is they teach you to breathe properly for pregnancy and birth, but why not do it for normal day-to-day life? And life. Yeah. It's was um actually really beautiful. Ryan and I went back to New Zealand at the end of last year and we're spending a lot of time with his sister's bub. And he is, he wasn't even a year yet. And just like watching how he breathed and um, even like when he ate, like he would, um, he do the the toning you know when they like you hum while you eat because it helps you digest food it puts you in this um safe it reminds your nervous system that you're safe and so we were watching him while he was eating and he was just mm-hmm. it's like it is so innate like it's so innate that we know this and we have conditioned ourselves to let that go as adults but absolutely the uh, breath is everything and i i even rye catches me now um I will hold my breath sometimes just unconsciously I don't realize I'm doing it and then I'll just go afterwards and he's like you're doing that thing again and it's so unconscious I don't realize that and because we like breathe like we (laughs) we are breath we need to breathe for life but we forget it and we take advantage of it and um yeah because it's been unconscious thing doesn't it like you've got to to breathe a certain way you've got to keep doing it it's a habit you've got to change breathe and for me I, I do it all the time I'll be on a podcast and I'll just be like listen like I've just been listening to you and I was holding my breath and I'm like what am I doing like yeah it's and crazy it's just bringing attention know, it? yeah yeah it's bringing attention back to those parts again and um Ryan I actually combined breath and spinal recently and that was profound um oh God, yeah because it's bringing people back to we're constantly in this vital fight state and it's bringing that person back to that um that state yeah the presence and that's when they can feel but it's like we constantly distract now these days and just take ourselves away from that that presence and that feeling that we should be having all the time well, that's Sorry. why I love breath because every breath breathwork session I've been to with Rai and Rue on the beaches and stuff, I'll always cry through breath because I know I'm bringing presence and I'm feeling mm. so much in that moment. And, you know, when you think about our emotions, so many of us don't want to deal with our emotions. We want to push them away. We want to fight them away. But, you mm. know, think about energy. Everything has a push and a pull. So if you're fighting away your emotions, they're going to fight just as hard back. So you're going to feel worse, <laughs> more anxious, more stressed, more everything. Where if you can yeah. just say, hang on, why am I feeling angry? Why am I feeling anxious? Why am I feeling stressed? And bring mm. presence into the, those emotions with breath, with energy work, whatever you can you mm. know, do it dissipates the amount of clients that come with this like anxiety like before they have the session when we bring that you know mm. I ask why they're feeling that way you know what what what's the narrative that you're thinking when that emotion comes in I'll even say the word pain to them and I'll say pain pain mm. and the the the, the in a dialogue is that something's going to happen da, da, da. it's like it's like that fight or flight is there but when they mm. sit with it and they honor it and they give it love and compassion it dissipates it's just oh, that yeah yeah the only thing our emotions they just want to be seen like and if you give them that presence and give them that space to feel what that is they they dissolve but instead we hold on and then they it just grows and amplifies and then yeah and then that's when it starts to manifest into disease so it's beautiful mm. like i've definitely been watching more spinal energetics because that's the it's 
definitely something I'm going to look into to add to my toolbox at some point because I mm. think it's, mm. I resonate with it so much. And I think that's why, because you are using that energy. I'm like, they're not even like touching them and the spine's just like, just, I know. Oh, just, oh, <laughs> I love it. It just, it, I would love it so much. It's wild. It just shows how much like you don't need to be like, we can feel someone else's energy, not, you don't even need to be touching them. Like, yeah. It's just well, it's yeah. like the Celestine prophecy, isn't it? The book. Have you watched the, the Have you read the book, The Celestine Prophecy? No, it's been sitting in our bookshelf for such a oh. long time, and it actually fell off the bookshelf the other night. And oh, I was telling you, to read it. like it's being <laughs> it's being asked to be read. <laughs> so thank you for that reminder. Yeah, we've um we've actually got the DVD, like the little movie they made. It's it's a bit corny, you know. It's like it, but it, it really mm. depicts how like we're energetic beings, you know. So when someone walks mm. into a room exactly how they're feeling because we feel it our energies mix and also yeah. talks about energy you know cord cutting and things like that how when you've oh, been around training wow. people you take on that energy you know it's like working mm. with clients too you need to cleanse down and, and mm. you know cleanse your energy after a client so yeah, yeah it's really interesting Celestine Prophecy you definitely need to read or watch yeah thank you or both yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um <laughs> What I really wanted to talk to you about as well is your relationship with Rye and obviously mm. go into as much detail as you want. You know, not a lot, it's not your personal life as well. It's just because I resonated with your story and resonated with your love story. So a lot mm. of my listeners know Chris and I are in, are in a, a conscious relationship. We're both spiritual, we're both self-aware. We've done a lot of healing. We've done a lot of, a lot of stuff came up when we were separated, a lot of insecurities and a lot of fears mm. and trust issues, but it was like the 18 months apart definitely helped us meet those shadows face to face. And mm. now we're in this like beautiful partnership that rarely we don't fight. We don't get into like, you know, slanging matches, but when we're, when we're yeah. upset or triggered, we, we openly and safely can share how we feel. And I, you and I have that connection. And I just think it's beautiful to mm. share other, you know, share with other people the possibility yeah. of what's out there in a relationship. Mm, yeah I feel um Rai has been my first conscious relationship and I had this perception that as soon as I get into this conscious relationship everything is easy like (laughs) (laughs) and it's not it's like that's when the true work starts to take place because it's being um challenged and brought into a deeper truth within myself like um I feel that my abusive relationships were a beautiful distraction from actually getting to know myself and actually just playing victim to them and being in this relationship where I have to take total ownership of me all the time is scary (laughs) and there are parts of me that I don't want to face there are parts of me that have come up and I'm learning where they came from and repatterning them and I feel it's so important to have someone who can hold you in that knowing that it's actually got nothing to do with them and they're just part of the rewiring yeah um they're mirror literally they're mirroring back to you what you what you need to work on that's the thing it's like yeah a lot of relationships get into relationships with all the newness of it's new and it's exciting Mm. and you know, I said this whole, you know, honeymoon phase, I don't agree with it. You know, your whole relationship can be a honeymoon phase. It's it's just a label we put on things. And I think a lot of people take that into consideration when they're in a relationship is that the other oh, honeymoon phase is over now, honey. It's like, no, it's not like that's just a label that people have put on because the newness is worn off. But again, mm. when you mirror back something you need to work on, 
there's parts of me that I don't like. There's the neediness that I'm, I'm a needy partner. I need cuddles and mm-hmm. I need kisses. I need, I need that attention where, you know, my husband, Chris, needs space. But then he also teaches to me that I also need that space too. You know, he mirrors mm. back to me that why am I not sitting in my aloneness more? Why am I not, you know, it's like I need that constant person. And that relates back to my bowel issues as a child. You know, I would just, mm. it, it's funny because the, the self-awareness that grows in you in relationships and you start to see the things that you don't quite like about yourself, but you start to see them and then you start to love those parts of yourself because they're conditioned from a young age and, they're not really true to who you are they're not actually who you Mm -hmm. are they're just Mm -hmm. behaviors that have been learned behaviors that have adapted through you know your environment like you said toxic relationships I've had a few toxic past relationships that were quite you know emotionally abusive not conscious at all and you start to think you know this is the relationship I want to be in where I'm growing evolving in the relationship and actually the Mm -hmm. difference is the love gets stronger the 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 connection gets deeper and everything Mm -hmm the intimacy gets deeper like everything just instead of it going down from this honeymoon phase that we all Mm. think oh it's a downward slope after that it's actually not it's actually the opposite way totally it is such a it's the reason I feel maybe that it feels like the honeymoon phase is over is because it's actually when the work starts in the turn in terms of yourself and like deepening your relationship with yourself because you have a mirror with you and it's like the honeymoon phase is like yeah you're getting to know me as someone and it's fun and you know it's all it's all the warm fuzzy stuff but I guess after three months that's when in terms of them saying like the cracks start to come through it's actually the cracks in ourselves and uh, yeah really like learning learning more about you and there are parts of me as well where I'm like oh I don't like this part why am I like this and um yeah learning also to kind of self-inquire and be my own counselor in the sense that I'm like oh why does that make me anxious and why am I more clingy than usual at the moment and yeah it's like finding that stillness and also like having conversations with Rye about it and being like this is happening and I don't I don't know why it's happening right now but um yeah like it's I've been really getting into John Wyman and David Data and um I don't know if you know them but they're amazing and yeah just in oh you haven't heard of them no no are they um they basically speak into just in union in terms of unions these conscious unions and how um like the masculine in terms of like this is what the masculine wants and this is what the feminine wants and reading them and realizing that like men like they're they want freedom like they are freedom beings and we are we we want love and so it's acknowledging that we're different and we need different needs and understanding that Rai wanting to spend a day on his own has nothing to do with me, even though in well, past relationships. When you're not aware, you make it all about you. Like, he doesn't love yeah. me anymore. Like the, old, the old teenager in you is like, he doesn't want me anymore. He's got someone else on the side. It's like, oh, yeah. God, like insecurities that would that would come up. And I think you mentioned yeah. about memoir and freedom. Think about, mm. our, you know, how our DNA is wired being hunter-gatherers, you know, when we were hunter-gatherers, mm. the would stay home with the children. The man would go out for weeks to find mm. food, to, to, you know, find materials to build a home for the woman. It's like, that's why this mm. whole man wanting to provide for their woman as well. And I think mm. as women as well, we are very independent. And I think the neediness and the clinginess has come from that need to be loved and need to be seen, need to be heard, need mm. to be wanted. But when you start to, mm 
inwardly love yourself, inwardly know you're enough. That's when your relationship kind of changes. And there's days, like you said, like I am anxious. And, but the thing is when you're so connected, Chris will know exactly when I'm feeling like that. He knows, he just knows it's like, we're so connected mm. on mm. energetic levels. He knows mm. when I'm off, he knows when I'm happy, he knows when I'm sad, he knows when I'm having like a crappy day. And I'm like, I can't hide anything. It's you like, can't hide anything. He knows. I know. I know there's some days when I feel like I want to hide something as well. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to hide this. You're going to be able to tell yeah. straight away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, that's um, the beauty in it, isn't it? It's the beauty of the relationship is yeah. that, you know, people, there's so many women out there who are so unhappy. And, you know, I remember when like the cracks would start in my past relationships and I just want to run. I just wanted to run and leave mm. and find that newness again and find that mm. you know, someone to love me again. And with the cracks out there mm. and just, you know, kind of push it all aside but isn't it funny when you start to call in that conscious relationship, which I did. And I was actually in Australia when I was calling in Chris and I was traveling. So I just left my last relationship and, you know, Chris is just a dream come true. He just, you know, I just love, I love him. I love every piece of him. Like, you know, mm. what's and all it's just, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, when you say, you know, wanting to run away, I feel like the natural, the natural thing is when things get hard, you just want to run. And I just have to, I'm always asking myself, like, how open can I stay to love? Because I feel that um, at the end of the day, like, it's just the the love itself beyond the relationship. Like, how open can you stay to love? And by running away, that's not staying open to love. That's fear. Yeah, it's fear. Yeah, total fear. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's been such a learning learning even for us the last four months have been really um learning and deepening because um there's been a lot happening within our external um environment and it's how that then implicates within our dynamic and how can we nurture our relationship while also taking on all these challenges that are coming at us right now um and you know we agreed that um about two weeks ago we I was like you know I feel like we've like lost the spark and it's like because you need to nurture it like the relationship needs to still be a priority you need to make time and space for it and I feel that once we get really comfortable in relationships we really forget to look after them and tend to them and we just think that they'll run on their own and we'll just do life and yeah exactly you need to yeah you need to constantly be um be looking after it and loving it and creating time and space for it so yeah we've really learned that the last couple months and coming back to that and coming back to like loving the relationship and creating space for it so yeah it's beautiful like I said I'm always Mm -hmm. like following you and Rye and just your journey (laughs) when you moved to that house and just like yeah have you still got some of your ducklings oh yeah we've lost um we've lost three to eagles oh. and it's been devastating but um yeah we're like I said we're actually um we're actually moving back to the Gold Coast just to have a little bit more um have a little bit less wildness out here because you realize how much nature controls everything <laughs> yeah I so, know it's yeah yeah it must be really hard I was thinking as well thinking about you and Ryan moving back to the Gold Coast like like to civilization how that will dynamically change your relationship too you know it's you're in it together and it will bring up different things for both of you own it as well 
Yeah, absolutely. I feel us moving out here was um, we really, um, on the Gold Coast, we used to have little routines, like you go off in the morning and da da da. And here, because we're so isolated, it's like we have been spending so much time together, but it hasn't been quality time. We're just cohabitating space together. And um, yeah, I feel we're looking forward to going back and having closeness to friends and, you know, because community is everything. And as much as we love each other, we also need friends and community and people to relate to. And so, yeah, we're looking forward to going back to the Gold Coast and just having more community around us. That's great. I'm excited to see where your journey goes. I'll be watching. Yeah, I know you will. <laughs> it's so cool. I love, I, love, I love about technology. Like that's one thing I'm grateful about technology. You can follow people around the world and keep in touch with them. Mm, yeah, it's it's awesome. As much as we hate social media, it's has a lot of perks and there's a lot of use for it. And yeah, it's very connective. Yeah. So I'd love to keep talking to you, but I know you I run. Yes, I do. I just want you to let people know how they can find you, where you hang out mostly. Mm. I know social media kind of like is hit and miss, but where would you mostly hang out? Um, probably just Instagram. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I can put so, all your links on the show notes. Yeah. 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 Sounds good. Yeah. I've loved chatting to you. Yeah. We can get, I was just saying before we started recording, I said, I need to get you back on to talk about some taboo topics that we're comfortable to talk about because I'm, oh. I'm totally open for it. Like, oh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I'm um I'm especially after having something like IBD or as you IBS, like nothing goes unsaid. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. I've loved getting to know you and having just some time to talk to you, really. Yeah, it's such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's been great to getting to know you better too. <laughs> You're welcome. It's great. So guys, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, please leave a five-star review. It really helps to grow the podcast. I've been doing this three years now and I'm still loving it. And I love talking to all these different people. So share it with your friends and family. If you've got anything that you want to ask, reach out to me and Jess. Any questions, reach out to us as well. And I'll be back soon with another episode. Take care, guys. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.